Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into Matt and Judd's Hockey Adventure. Matthew Collar along with Judd Zolgad and time for a little puck talk. Judd, I have a feeling that our hockey podcast is going to end up starting to go toward the NHL at large rather than what's going on on a daily basis with the Minnesota Wild because uh, let's just say things haven't gone so well to start the season. No, they, they have not. And But you know what? At least finally the Wild is playing a normal schedule. What... Do you know what the hell this league was, was doing? I mean, I believe, if I'm not mistaken right now, the Wild has played uh, two home games. As we tape this, they're about to play a third game but at, at home. But the New York Rangers, if I'm not mistaken, have played something like eight home games. And so, lost most of them. They have, and they've been bad. But my point is, my point is, at least now it feels like the season has started as opposed to this college-like schedule of, well, we're playing on Thursday, now we're playing on Saturday, now we're not playing until the next Thursday. I mean, Very weird. anytime you ask me what the NHL is doing with almost <laughs> anything, the answer is, I really have no idea. But can what, I bring, what? Can I bring you quickly my, my gripe of the week? I've got one every week. <laughs> yeah. Can I yeah, bring I you my gripe of the week? Sure. Okay. Okay. Two nights ago, three nights ago, I forget. This week, this week. The Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Edmonton Oilers. Uh huh. I, I know where this Connor, is going. Connor McDavid against Sidney Crosby. Doesn't get any better than that. This is a game that, if it had been on NBC SN, would have been part of my clicking for sure. This, I might have stopped on it. I mean, this is like uh, Brady Manning. 100%. Yes. Old, but, you know, old guard and Crosby, superstar, old guard versus the most exciting, dynamic young player that the National Hockey League has seen in a long, long time. And that night, if I'm not mistaken, they showed Red Wings Sabres. Two of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. In fact, it was. It was Tuesday night because it was the night that the Canucks played the Wild in that terrible game. But yes, yes, they showed Red Wings Sabres. How do you – I don't even know where to start there. I, I don't even know where to start with how that schedule gets drawn up and how somebody doesn't say, I don't care that Edmonton's not in the United States of America. This game has to be shown because any hockey fan worth their soul wants to see it. And by the way, they also might call their friends and be like, if you don't watch this sport on a regular basis, watch tonight. Yeah, I I really don't even care anymore about the casual fan conversation. I mean, we talk about that with the Olympics. Like, oh, well, casual fans will tune in. I don't care about casual fans. It's pretty clear that this league is never going to have them. What you need to do is make sure you don't lose the ones you have or alienate the ones you have. And they try pretty darn hard to do that. And in that game, 
I, who, I don't even care about Joe across the street who loves the Vikings. I want to watch McDavid and Sidney Crosby. I, yeah, I'll probably watch. Although that night there was a lot of other things going on, so I really didn't watch much of Buffalo and Detroit. I was watching baseball, and I th- it was football on that night too. Uh, or maybe there's a college game somewhere. Like plenty of other options, yep. and you're, you're just saying, well, why should I watch this really terrible matchup? Because you know what they love? They love that Detroit and Buffalo will tune in. It's an easy, oh, we did good on the ratings last night because Buffalo and Detroit all tuned in because they usually watch their local broadcasts and they'll just watch any game that's coming on because that's their team. And we get a victory as opposed to if it was Edmonton and Pittsburgh, you probably wouldn't be able to tweet out that you had better ratings that night than whatever the night before. And that's probably why. But hockey fans everywhere want to see that matchup and you rob it from them. You know what's funny, though, too, is it really has to do with Edmonton because they would shove Ovechkin Crosby down your throat at every corner. But now we're not ever going to get to see Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. And that's really bad. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's 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 and it's so stupid. And it also has to do because you're, you're right. It also has to do with the fact that NBCSN doesn't really have studio programming. I mean, they've got a studio show for, for hockey, but they don't have, like, an end-of-the-night show. And so if ESPN had the league, for instance, okay, if ESPN had hockey, they would show that game because they would set, you know, they would set their studio shows around, you know, what we showed tonight was McDavid against Crosby. And, that's a big, and even though Edmonton's not in the States, they would at least feature – mcdavid because he's so good but you're right you hit it nbc's only thing is how are we doing in the regional ratings in, you know so we got buffalo and detroit who cares but this one was just so simple to me i looked at that matchup and said that has to be a national game it has to be and it wasn't and it drives me nuts my dog would have put that game on tv if my dog worked for this league or you know i mean how does the league not go to NBC and say you've got to show this one? You know, let's. There's five games you got to show. You got to show McDavid and Crosby, who, by the way, meet once in Edmonton and once in Pittsburgh. It's not like they're going to meet seven more times during the regular season. It would kind of be like showing the Tampa Bay Rays against the Pittsburgh Pirates as opposed to Yankees Red Sox. Like it was that much of an easy decision to do and yet they avoided it. So there's a stunner, right? Anyway, that's my that's my National Hockey League. They don't get it. Complaint of the week. Yeah, well, I, it, the fact that it's a weekly complaint and it's always valid really tells you something about how well the league is run. This is a league that has a commissioner who still hasn't acknowledged that concussions exist yet. So, you know, we're you're right. It's just it's just going to take time. Uh, the, back to the wild though, Judd. Not a great situation for where they've started. They put themselves behind. We talked about that quite a bit. How difficult the central is going to be. And uh, we did have some phone calls when we were discussing this on the air, just about how big of a hole they've put themselves in after only seven games Uh, with the news that Zach Parisi is going to be out for eight to 10 weeks with back surgery. And, you know, who knows how long that could actually be. uh, Is there a reason to think that the wild are going to bounce back and turn this thing around? Um, let's see. Charlie Quayle's out for a while longer because of a broken leg. You just said Parisi's now out eight to 10 weeks. If you think he's going to come back in eight weeks or 10 weeks and be fine, I think you're nuts. Niederreiter's out. Uh, I think he started to skate, but high ankle sprain. I mean, 
I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know because my concern is this. The game a couple nights ago against the Canucks at the X, uh, and Vancouver looks to be a nice team, I guess would, would be the right word. They don't look awful. But it was a one nothing Vancouver victory. It was a uninspired game by the Wild. The other thing that has to concern them, too, for Boudreaux, is if you watch these games, the veteran players who are left aren't playing great. Now, mm-hmm. they have their moments. I'm not saying they're awful, but they're not exactly playing great. And when you get shut out one nothing at home in a game that starts a six-game homestand, and I'm sorry, this homestand to me is vitally important to get points because if you don't now, now you've played six home six home games are gone, and now you're looking at that whole thing, and we've seen this here before, Matthew, of, Oh my God, you get get to March and you're going to have to race for points, mm-hmm. which means by the time the playoffs start, you're tired. Um, I have some I have some real questions about this team. It's not that I think they're dead, but I think if you're not at least a little bit concerned, you're absolutely crazy. Uh, between Parisi, Coyle, and Niederreiter, they're missing 52 goals from last season. That's kind of a lot of yeah. production. And not only that, but Parisi and Niederreiter are two of their best defensive wingers that make a huge impact. And now taking their spots are a rookie and Luke Kunin, um, Kunin, sorry. Uh, and uh, Tyler, I did that on purpose. Mostly. No, it was good. Tyler Ennis, uh, Tyler Ennis, who's nowhere close to Anita Ryder or Parisi. You know, no. you, you're hoping that Chris Stewart, now they've dropped Chris Stewart back down a line, but you, you were hoping that uh, he could do a lot other than just, score a few goals, but he can't, you know, he's a very limited player. So he's got to fill in and then, you know, Marcus Foligno, they get him back, but this is a massive drop off. If you're talking about from Nino Niederreiter, one of the best two way wingers in the game, 25 goal scorer last year to Tyler Ennis, who hasn't been good since like 2012. I mean, it's, it's just a lot to ask. And the thing that was, I think predictable here was Eric Stahl was probably not going to play the same level of hockey as he did last year, considering his age. And at least yep. so far, what we've seen is that he is not playing at that level. Getting Mikhail Granlin back, I think, is good. The other thing that we do need to consider in, in terms of the non-panic area is that Devin Dubnik will not be this bad for this long. He's got uh, some bad luck, I think, and a bad power play save percentage or whatever you whichever way you want to look at it. When they're on the penalty kill, his save percentage has been atrocious, which I'm sure will change. The The one thing though, Judd, with Dubnik's performance is without Scandella, the lineup that they're running out tonight has Jonas Brodeen playing with Mike Riley and Matt Dumba playing with Kyle Quincy. Yep. And you have basically a good defenseman with an AHL guy or trip four a type guy. And then another I think good, at least offensive NHL defenseman in Dumba playing alongside Kyle Quincy, who is super old and doesn't bring a whole lot to the table other than just being reliable. The the defense seems to be quite a bit weakened beyond the first pair by Marco Scandella going to Buffalo. The Riley, the Riley one concerns me the most because I think he's just a guy and I don't think he's that good. Um, the Quincy Dumba one is done because they, they know that Dumba's going to uh, take some chances, which at times can be good, and at times he could take some very misguided chances. Quincy will stay at home, so I get, I get that one. But the Riley factor, I'm with you. I'm just not that, that impressed. I mean, he's a guy who's been up and down and up and down and will probably continue to be 
Uh, well, they're past at the point of having to uh, having to make a decision on his future. But yeah, they've the Scandella trade, and and where I think you called it is this: if the Scandella trade had gotten you something in return that you liked a lot, I think you could justify it. So far, though, your call on the two Buffalo guys is a thousand percent right. Ennis is he's a guy; he's out there, but he doesn't impress me. He's he's small, and Felino. Felino looks like, I mean, he's got size, and his face is broken, which probably doesn't help his cause. But there's nothing there where you say, uh-huh, I get that trade. I mean, that trade was made for the purposes, I think, of trying to free up cap room. And I get that I get that moves had to be made. But there's nothing about that trade where I can put my finger on something and say, it makes perfect sense on the ice. Because so far from what I've seen, it doesn't. It made most of the sense just in uh, the salary cap. Correct. But the one thing about trades and grading them is you can never really know what the other offers were unless somebody reveals them. And so maybe this was the only offer on the table that they could take and they had to do it. It, They were getting kind of toward the point where it's going to be really hard to trade them. Everybody knows that you have to trade somebody. So you weren't dealing from a position of strength. But maybe it's possible, Judd, that when we go back and review that trade, that maybe I'll have been wrong. Because the the whole offseason, I said I would deal Scandella instead of Matt Dumba. He's the guy that's got to go because he carries along a cap hit and Matt Dumba has a a higher ceiling. But I, I feel like I can say that, but also say there's always been some concerns with Matt Dumba. And the ups and downs have been one of them. And even though they score a lot with him on the ice, they also get scored on because he just has shown to not be a very good defensive defenseman. And really, the one thing, Judd, that is weird about him is that he makes mistakes under pressure. So opponents have figured out that if you can pressure him in his own zone with the puck, that he will turn it over a lot and make mistakes. And I think we've seen that. And that's why I have concerns about whether Devin Dubnik can be as good as he has been in the past. I think Dumba is a talented player. I think he's got offensive upside to him. I don't think he's a very smart player. I don't think he's a very headsy player. And I think that costs them and will continue to. I still like him. Um, but, yeah, as far the day Scandella walked out the door, what amounted to a nice amount of defensive depth walked out with him, I think. Yeah. And that, and that's your thing. And I, I mean, if I'm going to pick on something or a player about this, it's the Riley position because Mike Riley right now, at least doesn't bring much. And it's not, it's in, it went from, it went from a position of sort of depth and strength to you've got some, you've got some players who are really just guys now and they're not special. And, um, yeah, the, the depth that they had last year is definitely gone now. Now, here's a question for you. Where, where do we go with the wild conversation throughout this season? Because I, there was a few people that responded to our conversation on the air that were frustrated by the fact that we always end up in the same space with this team, which is, well, going to be pretty hard to win. Hopefully you just make the playoffs and give us a little excitement, but my question is, where do we go? How will this get changed from the same rut that they've been in? Now, I, I argued all of last season that it was different. I'll stick to that. I know the result was the same in the end, but 
I still see that team looking at their numbers, how much they others uh, outscored other teams by, how much they produced offensively, how many players stepped up under Bruce Boudreaux. I'd say all day long that that team was different. I don't think this team is different. I think this team is the same as a Mike Yo team, maybe a better coach, but the same area of being just meh, and maybe you make the playoffs. I don't know where we're supposed to go from here, Judd. Well, why? Oh, okay, if, if you take the question, I think, I think it's pretty simple. If you take the question and say, why aren't we excited and we were previously, I think it's very simple. I think it comes down to the fact that, that you went into last year with a new coach and, and philosophy, which you figured would work, and it did for a long time. But you also got Eric Stahl in a complete bounce back. I mean, I when they signed Stahl after he was traded from Carolina to the Rangers, I said, you know, this doesn't seem to be a great sign to me. Eric Stahl was very, very good. But if you didn't figure he was going to regress again, you're mm-hmm. probably crazy. Yeah. He's regressed again. Uh, you, you brought this up a bunch last year. They still don't have a center who you say, wow. Miko, Miko Koivu, because Stahl was really good last year for him, Miko slotted very nicely into the, into the two role, which he was good at. But now that Stahl's going to regress, you can't just say, okay, Miko bumped back up. Uh, Parisi uh, didn't have a great year, certainly, and I think he was slowed, but he could still play for you. He can't now. Granlin was a pleasant surprise in being moved from center to wing, but but he disappeared in the playoffs. And I think now the expectation is, okay, come back and have a year like that. That's a lot to ask. The defensive depth is down. And in goal, Devin Dubnik, don't forget, through December last year, Devin Dubnik, in my opinion, was an MVP candidate. Not a Vesna type of guy, an MVP candidate in this league. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal. And then they played him too much, and he started to drop off. And and you know what? Fair or not, there's always going to be the question of who is he? Is he the guy who can play like he did through December of last year, Collar? Or is he the guy who at times looks like Devin Dubnik did in Edmonton? Yeah. And probably the answer is in between. So I think the answer to your question is the reason why we look at the Wild now and say, meh, is because, one, they got bounced in the first round, and two, they remain and they're legitimate a lot of very big questions about this team, and common sense tells you that some players were going to regress, and when that happened, because the salary cap doesn't go up, there's no one to replace them. And it does go back to this year having a chance to get healthy and be a competitor you are going to need the goaltender to play well. And uh, I mean, really well, not just okay, kind of like he did a few years ago when he dragged them into the playoffs. I think that's going to have to happen again. I want to play a game with you, Judd. Are you up for a game? I, you know, I love to you play. You are so big games. on games. Love um, ga- oh, I'm a game guy. You are a game guy. Let's play real or fugazi, okay? All right. I am going to give you a team or a player or a situation, and you tell me if it's for real or if that player is not going to be able to keep it up or team. And I want to start with the Vegas Golden Knights, Judd. They've won four in a row. They've won seven of their first eight, all in regulation. They have a plus eight goal differential. They have been the best uh, expansion team of all time. Is that real or is that going to drop off like a rock? Oh, boy. Um, I think it's going to drop off. Rock might be too strong. Uh, but but you know what? We learned a lesson. 
when you pay $500 million to get entry into the National Hockey League, you're going to get a pretty decent team because they're going to rig the expansion draft (laughs) to give you decent players. Um, I think it's going to drop off, but I don't think it's going to be like a rock. They're not going to keep this up, um, but I think they're going to have a real Matthew Collar conundrum here. And I think in some ways the Golden Knights are going to be screwed. And here's what I mean. Ideally, you would have gotten to the deadline and been like, okay, we're bad. Gene Neal, you're gone, and I'm going to get a lot for you, right? Yeah. And you and you would have dealt these guys. Well, you're going to get to March, and I think you're going to be in the playoff hunt, and it's Vegas, which is not truly a hockey market. So I think this might hurt them long term. And I think we're going to be talking about a team that's not going to be able to take advantage of being a new team. They're not going to get a great draft pick. They're not going to get a ton of draft picks in trades. Um, so I guess I guess my answer is real, but I don't know that that's a great thing for a long-term franchise when you would love your expansion year to be just horse bleep so you can capitalize on that. Right, because I don't see them as any sort of real Stanley Cup contender, especially without any superstar players. But I'm not surprised that they can contend. I don't think that the uh, expansion draft was rigged. I think it's just a product of the salary cap that you know teams tried to get rid of some decent players because of their salary cap situations. And Vegas said, come on by, we will will take those players. And the protection list though. I mean, the protection list made it much easier to cherry pick good players. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, certainly, yes. And, and some teams, um, you know, did bizarre, even borderline really brain dead things like, uh, (laughs) Florida, Jonathan Marcheseau being allowed to go. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, being allowed to go after scoring 30 goals. Like, what are you doing, Florida? And no surprise, Florida is bad again. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks, Judd, uh, off to a good start. I think a lot yep. of people didn't buy in. But, you know, myself, I thought, eh, as long as they got Kane and Taves and Brandon Saad is back, don't underappreciate him and good goaltending. They got lit up by the Golden Knights. But overall, they've had a good start. Is that real or Fugazi? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with real good goaltender, Duncan Keith. Uh, Seabrook is still there. You brought up the reacquisition of Saad, which I think for their purposes was very smart. You've got Patrick Kane, who is a great goal scorer. Taze might not be great, but he's still, uh, he's still Taze. I'm going to go with real. I am going to question Joel Quenville though. Three days in Las Vegas before that game in October still really three days you had your players spend three days in vegas i mean <laughs> they they yeah, they should yeah. have they should have spent three days in vegas and then the night of the game at face-off gotten on the plane and flown home and forfeited you were not gonna win a game after three days in vegas that was crazy uh steven stamkos is uh, on pace judd through 10 games he is on pace for 164 points uh I'm making fun of on-pace stats, but he's got 20 points in 10 games. Steven Stamkos' crazy scoring clip, will he keep it up and uh, get himself back on that list of the NHL's greatest players You know, if he could stay healthy? Uh, no, I'm going Fugazi on this because of what you just said. I think he's going to get hurt. He always seems to get hurt. He's going to miss too much time. Something always happens. Now, Tampa Bay is looks really good. Tampa Bay, they're off to a great start. I think they're a really well-run team now, well-run franchise, and I like their chances. Uh, but I think Stamkos is going to be derailed because he's a great player, but he always seems to get derailed. 
Uh, Carey Price has an 890 save percentage. The Montreal Canadiens are dead last in the Eastern Conference. Is that real or Fugazi? Unfortunately, it looks real. I mean, you're going to now, – now, Carey Price, you know, my guess is he comes around. Uh, but Montreal looks horrible. Uh, Claude Julien's going to get fired. I, I don't care the fact he just got back there. This team fires coaches in a heartbeat. Mark Bergevin, their GM, might be fired. How has he not uh, but, been already? Well, he's he, he's terrible. He's terrible. But anyway, I think I think it's real. Uh, and and I'll say this: it's unfortunate when Montreal is good, hockey benefits, and I would love to see them good, but I think they're bad. I also think they're bad. All right, you got any for me? Yeah, a question for you. Okay. Um, for all we joke around as uh, as sports fans about saying saying you know I could run. I could run the Vikings, or you you could run the Twins, or something. Is hockey the one sport where if you got called by a you know a team tomorrow, and I'm not saying and I'm not saying there aren't well-run teams, collar because there are, but if you got called by Florida tomorrow, or you got called by well heck the way they're going now, Montreal, is that the one sport that a guy like you could really run the team, or at least? run it as competently or hopefully more competently than it's currently being run? Um, hmm. You know, I, I've i always tended to believe, sometimes you'll get, and if someone disagrees with your sports opinion, you'll get, huh, if you were so smart, you'd be the general manager of the team. Like, yes. uh, yeah, okay. I mean, if I, I mean, I guess if I had tried to make that my career path, then maybe I would have. I never sought out to be the general manager of the team. I also didn't play in the league or anything else, and I'm not from Canada, so I probably wouldn't. Uh, but if you were just asking me which sport... So I tend to, here's what I tend to think about general managers, is that we really pump them up as like one person, but their entire front offices and organizations, and the general manager kind of makes consensus decisions. So mm-hmm. if like we just took like Steve from Minnetonka, who really paid a lot of attention to the NFL, and we gave him all the information, like somebody who like runs a business or something, we gave him all the information from all the scouts, all the analytics people, and everything else, and then just said, all right, you make decisions, and then you have to like explain them to the media and stuff. If Steve was a talker at all, he could probably do it. That's not to say that these people don't know football. It's just that the general manager position is kind of a CEO that pushes the final button on stuff. But, you know, you have a bunch of scouts. So, you know, could I be an NFL scout? It would take a lot of work, you know, years of work of watching prospects and learning technique and all those sorts of things. Right. So there there I just want to differentiate and then say, yes, absolutely. The easiest sport is the NHL especially if you get like Connor McDavid, because then you can botch almost everything else. And that, yeah, right. and, and the only, the only comparable for football is Aaron Rodgers and green Bay that they routinely botch all sorts of players decisions and they end up good because of Aaron Rodgers. So there is that, like if you get Kane and Taves, you can make mistakes all day long and you probably won't get really hurt by it. Not not that they did. Chicago has made some savvy moves over the years, but you yes, can probably good. succeed. There are examples where teams haven't. Colorado is one of them. Yep. Um, so it's not a guarantee, but more likely than not, if you are able to get to the bottom of the league, draft at the top, get a great, great skill players, 
You can build around them. And, yeah, I know enough about the league, enough players, where I could say, all right, that guy, you know, he'll bring some value, he'll bring some value, get a good coach, and you're probably off. Yeah, I would say that. I just feel like the National Hockey League is higher than any league in incompetence. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I would agree with that. League. But, I mean, when you look at some teams, you're like, what are you even doing? Like, are you even paying attention? Um, you know, where – where we talk about football and we talk about baseball, and I think most of those teams are actually, actually most of them, not all are, are well run. But yeah, there's just some there's some stuff that happens in hockey, just overall, where I shake my head and say, really, are you really even paying attention? And I feel like I do that more in that in that sport than I do in football or baseball or even basketball yeah yeah i mean every single one of them has their mind-boggling decisions i would say with baseball uh, these days there are so few Uh, there there are so few times where you say why did they trade that guy or why did they overpay for this guy or sign that guy they they have become more scientific about all of it than anybody else but even in football i think they do a generally good job in football i mean you could uh, mm-hmm. quibble over this player or that player, but teams tend to know who the right guys are, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got more information than they've ever had at their fingertips. They've got huge scouting departments. It's just, you're, you, if you're Rick Spielman, maybe you have five scouts who watch Laquan Treadwell and all agreed, this is your guy. Like, this guy's going to go up and get it. He's Anquan Boulder. They all agree. You have to say, like, all right, well, that's our guy then. Even if you as, as the GM are, know you're going to be held accountable for it, and even if you watched it at times and said, I don't really know, but, but I got five scouts here and my numbers person saying this is the guy, so let's push the button. And then the, right. draft, the draft can be very random that way. You know, Other players with his 40 time have turned out. So anyway, long, that's a long answer to a, a good question there, Judd. But I think hockey is probably the one where there are so many players who are – uh, good at what they do as role players that you can find them. And if you get one of the rare players, your Connor McDavid or your Tyler Sagan or somebody like that, you're going to have a lot of success where all you need to do is just to find those good role players. And then goalies. So many of these guys just get fired because they don't have goalies. Oh yeah, most definitely. And none of us know how to find a good goalie. Like Devin Dubnik was bad everywhere. And then he's great. So I, who knows? Right. right? So Anyway, okay, well, this is fun, Judd. I, th- I have a feeling for you hockey fans out there, one of the best parts about hockey fans, Judd, is that they know hockey everywhere. They pay attention to the league, not just their own team. And so I, I just, until things get turned around with the wild, we're going to have to talk about the league at large at times because uh, otherwise it's just going to be frustrating, I think. I'm okay with, with that. I would just like NBC Sports Network the next time <laughs> the bleeping Penguins and Oilers to play to show that game since it showcases two great players, Gary Bettman. You're an idiot. I would say let it go, That's but I, I, I don't want you to let it go. So That's all I got for you. All right, all right caller. Good Thank day, you. Good day, Judd. Bye. Bye.